If you would, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 14 through 18. You know, and I obeyed the gospel, one of my favorite verses, and it still is, but one that I held so tight to in my life was Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of salvation. It's the power of God, excuse me, to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. And verse 17 is a great verse as well. It says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Before we get into the lesson, I do have one thing that I want to say that uh, Danny Raglan had uh, his chemo on Thursday, and just pray for him and keep him uh, in your prayers as he's going through uh, this time. He's having a little bit of a tough time going through this one, so just keep him in your prayers. I I just remembered that. I'm sorry. apologize for not announcing that before. We began. But the gospel of Christ, the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes was something that excited me. And you know what, brethren? Still to this day, it still excites me. How about you? You know, we've been uh, on Wednesday night studying the book of Hebrews and talking about just how better Jesus is. And on Sunday mornings, we're talking about our words and how we should speak to others and and those types of things. But tonight, I want to talk about the gospel. And I want to talk about it in this aspect. You see the picture What does it say? It's time to go fishing. You know, I used to love fishing when I was young. I lived, I drove it not too long ago when I was in Hendersonville, and I thought, why in the world did you walk that far to fish? But it didn't seem like that far of a walk, but I'd walk all the way down there, and I would not never catch anything, but I'd enjoy it, and I'd have a fun time, and I'd come back. And I know Isaac, he likes to fish, and, and he likes to uh, send pictures of big old bass that he's caught when I got little bee crappies that I catch. I'm thinking, well... You know, maybe I could eat it, but I'm not going to fillet it or do nothing like that. So I just toss that thing back as fast as I can, right? City boy, huh? So Mark chapter 1 talks about this concept, this fishing concept. I want to read verse 14, and I want to finish in verse 18. It says, now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And verse 18 says, they immediately left their nets and followed him. I remember this passage 
uh, one time Derek uh, did a lesson on this, and, and then I was studying for it. I remembered some of the things that Derek said, and one of the things he said was they immediately left their nets and followed him. Brethren, when we obeyed the gospel, is that what we did? Did we immediately drop our stuff and follow him? If we're going to be successful as Christians, if we're going to be those followers that Jesus wants, that has to be our mindset, amen? That has to be who we are. You know, I love fishing. I know Isaac loves fishing. Fishing is around uh, my family, people, uh, cousins, and people that I know love to fish. And here we see Jesus walking by the sea, and he sees two fishermen. But what does it mean to be a fisher of men? What a great illustration by the Lord. Uh, We can understand that, can't we? We can relate to this concept. You know, when I I saw this picture, you know, if you sit and you look at a picture, sometimes you can get a lot of thoughts that come from it, right? If you just spend a little bit of time. I remember thinking about it uh, in this context of being fishers of men. I remember being that fish right there. And I remember that hook. And I thought, you know what? That's what I want right there. That's what I want right there. And I'm so thankful that I bit that hook. It didn't hurt. It changed my life. Amen? What an exciting thing to know that as a Christian, you can live a different life. We talk about all these concepts about disciplining our bodies and bringing them into subjection, and that is absolutely what we must do. But brethren, if we stay so inward, we forget the mission. And the mission is this, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To go into all the world and change people's lives. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. You know, uh, those first disciples were connected with this thought. They were experienced fishermen. They knew what it took to catch fish, right? We see this right here. It says that they were casting their net into the sea. You've got to have the right equipment, don't you? You've got to have the right motivation. You've got to have the right location. And here's the key to fishing. And I, pro- I hope that I can get an amen out of this. You've got to have plenty of patience. Thanks. Plenty of patience. And just like fishing, sharing the good news, man, what great analogies set up. I want us to think about four things, and the lesson will be yours. The first thing is the equipment. Think about the equipment that Christians have to have in order to be successful if they're going to be a fisher of men. You guys know this verse, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, 
and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. What an incredible weapon. What an incredible piece of equipment that we have as Christians. It's something that is living and it's powerful. And it's sharp. It will cut you, won't it? Have you ever been cut by the Word of God? Boy, I have. I actually was cut this morning pretty good. It cuts us. It makes us aware of things. It makes us maybe even feel a little bit of hurt or disappointment or discouragement or sadness. But sometimes it brings joy, doesn't it? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ is what Paul says because it is the power of God for salvation. It gives the ability for man to be saved. That's a big deal. If I have the right equipment, if I have the Word of God in my hand, then I have everything that I need. Brethren, I'm, I'm involved in a deep study right now uh, with uh, uh, several people, but one in particular, and I talked about it a little bit in Bible class, one of the main things that is helping encourage this person is me using this. It's incredible. It is an incredible thing to see somebody realizing and seeing the, the, the brain just spinning and turning. And every time I give another verse, I give another verse, I give another verse, and I pull another connection. And what happens is this person becomes encouraged, who was so discouraged in the Word of God, who was so frustrated with the Word of God. Brethren, are we out looking for opportunities? Maybe somebody you've talked to isn't interested. Have you looked for somebody else? What else do we have as equipment if we want to be successful as fishers of men? Prayer. Am I right? Think about Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This was the verse that I talked with this person about just the other night, and she began to get it. You know what the statement was said to me was, I like this Jesus stuff. You know me, brethren, it brought a tear to my eye. I had to hold back. I tried to be tough. I like this Jesus stuff. I like this Jesus concept. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. It's incredible. Brethren, are we looking for opportunities to talk to people about the hope that we have within us? Or are we just running the system? Are we just babysitting each other, brethren? Are we looking for the opportunity to go save somebody's life? Or does it even really matter? Or does it even really 
matter. Right now at this time, somebody is about to die and they are not a Christian. In about 30 minutes, somebody is probably going to die who is not a Christian. Does that bother us? God sent his only son to make a way for every person to be saved. And you know what he did? He gave us the job to go tell it. How are we doing on it, brethren? Where are we at when it comes to this? Matt, I can't do Bible studies. Okay. Matt, I can't do this. Matt, I can't do that. That's okay. But what can you do? What are the things that you can do? Is it one thing? Oh, you can do it for God's glory. You can do it for the aim of pushing somebody to where they need to be. Am I right about it? Pushing them closer to the name of Jesus. And whether you need help, however it needs to happen, what is the objective? Do we wake up in the morning with our minds fixated on the concept of going to save somebody's life? Or are we just so put out that we have to go to work? Jesus said, I don't even have nowhere to lay my head. But it don't matter. Because I came for one mission. And that was to seek and save the lost. Am I right about it, brethren? We've got God's word at our disposal. We've got the power of prayer to ask God about things when we're struggling in our time of need. What else do we have? We have the ability to be with the saints. Brethren, you know these verses. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. He set the system up for us to be together so we can talk about these opportunities. Man, I love being with you guys. I love hearing about uh, these studies or these thoughts or these frustrations or these confusing things that you're trying to work out. What an awesome thing because when you study it and you play it out and you let it keep working in your life, and then immediately you get it. You ever had the light bulb go off in your head? You ever had that light bulb moment where you're like, there it is. I need to call somebody, right? I need to tell somebody about what I just figured out about God's word. Or does it even matter? See, we've got... God's word at our disposal. We've got the power of prayer at our disposal. We've got each other at our disposal. And you know what else we have? We have a powerful faith, I hope, at our disposal. You remember what James chapter 2, verses 21 and 22 says, right? It's not just a believing faith. It's not just saying, yeah, I believe in Jesus. No, it's much more than that. Real faith, real faith is like Abraham, wasn't it? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, his faith was made perfect. When I read God's word and I understand what it is, he tells me to go and spread the good news. 
He tells me to go and get busy. When I understand what that means and I believe who Jesus is and I believe the outcome for those, hey, brethren, is this not a true statement? It's appointed for man to die once and then face the judgment. Is that not a true statement? Absolutely. If I believe that, then there should be a passion within me. There should be a desire within me. Now, does it always happen? Brethren, we know that it doesn't. How many times have we gotten discouraged about the thought of somebody not wanting to hear it? It's okay. You plant the seed, and what do you do? You water on it. You plant the seed, and then you water on it. And what else do you do? Lord, help this person. You know what I appreciate? I appreciate people praying for me. How about you? I appreciate people praying for me when I was trying to make a decision, when I was ready to make a decision to become a Christian. And then I said, nah, that may probably not it. That's probably not it. But I appreciate people praying for me because eventually one day the light bulb went off in my head and I said, wait a minute. I need this. This is the way that the Bible tells me to do it. What do I need to do, right? The moment came and God caused the increase. Man, what, a, what an exciting thing to see somebody come to that truth. What an exciting thing to see somebody understand that. Brethren, have we gotten so tired and just so out of it that we forgot the mission? I'm not trying to get honest. I'm not trying to rebuke any of you guys. I'm trying to encourage. I'm trying to let you guys know that we have a dying world out here that needs Jesus Christ. Immediately. Immediately. I know people and you know people right now that are lost. But have we become so wrapped up in ourselves? Have we become so wrapped up in our stuff that we forgot it? Man, them first century disciples was about the business. Heavy persecution. And they went from city to city preaching Jesus Christ. Preaching Jesus Christ by the way they lived, by the way they acted, by the things that they did do we have a faith that what we believe we put into action and to share that hope that is within us let's look at the next thing you know you got the right equipment but you got to have the right motivation don't you and here these fishermen were, and they had nets, but I seen and was reading this that uh, in 500 B.C. or something, there was this Greek boy on this picture, and he had this uh, pole, and he, it was thrown out into the sea, and he was fishing just like this girl. Well, if I'm fishing like this, what do I got to have? I got to have that right bait on there, don't I? I remember we had this one spot in particular that uh, I'd go to, and what we'd do is we'd go across the street to the shell, and we'd get a whole thing of crickets. Boy, we put them crickets on there. 
you toss that thing out there with no time. Boom, you get a hit. Roll that thing in. I remember one day we strung up probably 25 fish, boy. I was proud of myself. There's little bitty things, but we got 25 of them. And I was proud of it. It was before a phone. I can say it was before a phone, and we couldn't take a picture right then. So I didn't have any proof, but brethren, just believe me, I caught 25 fish, all right? 25. (laughs) But just like fishermen need to have the correct bait in order to attract the fish, brethren, Christians need the correct motivation. Am I right? We need to attract the world, not turn them off. We do this through our lives. We do this with our compassion and our concern for others. We do this by showing genuine interest. By showing genuine care. We show someone that we can be trusted, right? It's not just a show. It's not just a game. They're not just a trophy. A trophy, brethren. But I really care about this person. I really want this person to become a child of God and to reap the benefits that come from being in Christ. How awesome it is to be in Christ. Amen? Brethren, we know this. We say this we talk about this are we telling other people about how awesome it is to be in Christ I told this person that I'm Bible studying with that it is so awesome to be in Christ and they said tell me about it so I'm beginning the process of telling about how awesome it is to be in Christ isn't that cool But it didn't come from me. I didn't set up this Bible study. It came from somebody else. Somebody else was trying to reach out to this person. And I just got in on it. Man, I was so thankful for that. Colossians 3, 17, what the kids are talking about is whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Oh, all the blessings flow through Jesus Christ. Am I right about it? Do we give thanks to God through, through uh, our actions? Do we give thanks to God through our attitudes, through the way that we think, our motives? Are we thankful because of Jesus? Hey, one day, there's going to be one day One day, we're going to get to see him. Huh? We're going to get to see the guy. We're going to get to see the one who did all of these things for us. Now, do you believe that or do you believe it's just a fairy tale? If you believe it's just a fairy tale, then your actions will definitely show it. Am I right? But if you really believe it, man, why don't we bust the doors down trying to talk to people about this guy? Am I right? 
So do we got the right equipment to go fishing, brethren? Do we have the right motivation? Somebody got the right equipment. Do we have the right... <laughs> do we have the right motivation? And do we have the right location? Fishermen don't waste their time in an empty lake, do they? They don't waste their time. Oh, man, that thing's about a foot deep. Let's stay over here. Nah, we out of here. We going somewhere else. I got a spot, right? Everybody's got a spot, don't they? <laughs> I found that out. Oh, I got a good spot we'll go to. Go over and don't catch, like, really, man, a bunch of moss. I mean, I've caught moss all day. I mean, that's what you, that's why I like Tripp's pond. He ain't got no moss in his, so you're free to cast out at any time and not get moss, right? <clears throat> By the way, hey, can I fish over there at your spot now? Okay. But fishermen don't waste their time on empty lakes. No, they go to different spots, and what do they do? They find the place where it's hidden, don't they? They find the place where it's hidden. If Christians are going to share the gospel of Christ with those who need to hear it, brethren, we got to go to them. We got to go to them. See, I love what Jesus says in John 4. You remember this? He says, uh, you remember the, the disciples were real worried about him because they knew he was hungry and he needed something to eat. And what does Jesus say? My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. What a blessing that is, amen? We have the ability, look, when you walk outside, look around at all these houses. When you drive home, look at all your neighbors. You know what I'm excited about? I'm excited about what we're about to do here in just a little bit. We're about to go on this visitation campaign again. What an awesome thing. Be a part of it. Be involved in it. I told this before, and it's such a blessing to me. Here me and Libby are on one side, and I turn around and look, and there's Joella and Aaron, and they're visiting with people. They're talking about Jesus. Not in an in-depth Bible study, but they're saying, hey, do you need anything? We'd like to help you out. We'd like to invite you to come and be a part of what we got going on at Fountainhead, where we worship God. See, Jesus said it like this, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. What an encouraging thought to know. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We live in a nation, don't we? We live in a nation right now that needs Jesus Christ. We live in a nation that needs a Savior. Will we give it to Him? Will we tell Him who it is? Will we tell Him who we love? Jesus said it like this in Mark. 
Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Do we got the right equipment, brethren? Do we got the right motivation? And do we got the right location? But what about this one? Do we got the patience? There's the key. How many times... Have I gone to this fishing hole and pulled up all my stuff and moved down the lake and here come this buddy right next to me and the first cast he throws in, he got a fish. Why didn't I just wait for a minute? I had a couple nibbles right there, right? Because I'm not patient. Because I need to move on. I need to go to something different, right? Are we patient in the process The fact is, not everybody's interested in Christ at that time in their life. Am I right? I wasn't interested in Christ at one point in my life. How about you? Sometimes Christians are going to face rejection. Sometimes even hostility when preaching and teaching the truth. Sometimes it takes time. Oh, I appreciate time, don't you? I appreciate the time that the Lord gave me. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that anybody should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Sometimes it may take a while, but being patient putting yourself in the right location, having the right motivation, and having the right equipment will help us as we strive to be the best fishers of men we can be. Hey, brethren, let's go fishing. How about that? Hey, tomorrow when you get up, let's go fishing. I'm so glad somebody went fishing and caught me, man. I'm so glad I got caught. Let's go fishing. I want you to think about this as we leave. Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2 says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. What a sad thing. What a sad thing to know that our iniquities have separated us from God. But what a blessing it is to know this as Christians. Am I right about it? For even when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, and much more. Having been reconciled, hey, brethren, here's the good news. We shall be saved by his life. Man. As you go out this week, will you please have this attitude? Why don't you let this be your verse? I'm asking you, please, a favor for me. Every day this week, will you look at this verse and pray about it and think about it? Please, will you do that for me? John 3, 17. 
It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't come to condemn it. Why did he not? He was already condemned. The world is already condemned. But we have the ability as the ambassadors of Christ to tell somebody how they can be saved. He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Brethren, be strong, be courageous. Know that you serve an awesome God who's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be served. And one day you will absolutely reap what you sow. There's no doubt about it. One day, the Lord will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Boy, I can't wait for them day, that day to hear that. How about you? But while we have opportunity, let's look for somebody to help. If you're here today and you need to obey the gospel, if you're here today and you need prayers, whatever you need, please come right now as together we stand and sing.